Howdy. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, June 28th, back to a Tuesday, 2022, officially a week into summer. That's Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be talking about the Nintendo Direct uh, Mini that happened. We'll also be discussing uh, Atari turning 50 years old as a, as a brand slash company, ooh, brand, uh, Patreon poll, Q&A, blah, blah, blah. Um, I had a bad time at G.I. Joe the movie, 35th anniversary of Fathom Events. Uh, you can hear all about it on the exclusive patreon.com slash CU podcast episode. They get that week. bonus bit. Uh, 22 minutes of me uh, ranting about G.I. Joe the movie and, and, a, and a fun uh, emergency bathroom thing that happened to me. Uh, we all have fun emergency uh, bathroom things. It happens to us all. And one we all, and they're funny. They're all funny. Not in the moment. Not, not in the moment. The moment not in the moment. In the did, moment, they're terrifying. I did think about this would be funny to talk about in the podcast. Yes. I took one for the team uh, there. Um, Ian, how was your week without Pat? Uh, it was busy. Um, busy, busy, busy. Busy because of work. Uh, and then mentally taxing uh, over the weekend. Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but the Supreme Court can fuck Fuck off and well, at least, fuck off a bridge. Well, at least five of them can. At least five of them. Um, uh, really unhappy about that. <clears throat> and then uh, Spike was really sick at the same time last week. Uh, you know, he's doing okay now. Um, he was just throwing up constantly, so we took him to the vet. And uh, he's got some minor problems because he's an old cat. He's 19. I mean, you know, it's it's going to happen. But they gave him some medication, and, like, he bounced back immediately to his happy self and was eating and keeping it all down. So, you know, just going to appreciate the time I've got with him and keep an eye on him. And, you know, as long as he's not in pain and enjoys sleeping, then that's great. And we'll cross the bridge when we when we have to. Um, as long as he still has the energy to bite at my hand when I pet him. Yeah, no, he's been, like, the past few days, he's been really good. Like, he's he's been eating, like I said, eating and keeping it down and eating more. So, um, that's good, because he was, he was really kind of just grazing for a while there. Sure. Um, Saturday, uh, we did the first house party of the summer. Um, my friend Chris and I, you've been to some of those. <laughs> Uh, our, my friend Chris and I do those in his backyard, big backyard overlooking a canyon, and I'll it went come out to one of those. Maybe it went really, really well. Um, everyone had a very good time, so that's good. It makes me positive for the rest of them that we're going to do this what, summer. Was, was a nice uh, bartending gal there again? Uh, Roxanne was not there today. Oh, okay. uh, that time, um, she couldn't make it, but she's usually almost always there. She's a peach. Oh yeah, I love Roxanne. Um, she got me high that one time, and then no, that was her other friend. I thought no, she had the she had the vape on her. Oh, okay, um, and then Sunday I played in a pinball tournament and did better than my last ones. Not great. Finished right in the middle out of twelve people, so I'm happy with. All that. right, mid mid. I mean, that's what I. I mean, the first time All through, right. I was I was there was like uh, first time through there was like six years ago there was sixteen people in the league and I finished eighth right in the center. So if I can just get back to finishing right in the center, I'll be happy and. Uh, 
yeah, that's it. I played a lot of Neon White, um, new game from Annapurna uh, Publishing. Uh, it was done by the same guy who did Donut County. Really, really interesting, fast-paced first-person shooter um, where you use, you can, uh, you pick up cards. That's your different weapons, and you can use them as weapons, and they have secondary attacks. And basically, the whole point of the game is to figure out how quickly you can make it through these short. 30 second to minute long levels um it's been getting a lot of praise and i would just say if anyone's been thinking about it definitely definitely pick it up it's it's damn good mm-hmm. um i was uh obviously i was back in visiting family back east i got to the the jersey uh, shore boardwalk one day with my sister i saw gi joe the movie one night because they only have two showings of that for these fathom events screw you fathom um and then um i saw some shops at new hope that's that's like um there's New Hope in Lambertville. They're like, you know, like shops and re- like there's by the water there that separates it. They're nice. You know, it's like there's like four blocks of shops. Went to a went to a comic shop that had uh, I was like, this, I said to myself, there's got to be video games here at this comic shop. There's toys. I was, I, and there was like one shelf of like 13, 14 boxed NES games. And I don't keep up with the prices anymore. Sure. Um, but when I looked at them, I'm like, this looks peculiar, even peculiar for like a comic shop pricing. Like. I think I saw like Spy versus Spy complete in box beat up for like eighty dollars. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. And I saw, then I started checking on my phone. Like they had jaws. I'm like, these are like more than double what these go for. Like more than double. And I was like, wow, okay. So I'm like, I don't know if they want to sell this stuff when they price it. I know it's a shop in like a a more well to do area, but I'm just like, right. I don't know what like who's buying these. Who would walk in and buy these and on a whim, I guess, or they want people yeah, on a whim to buy it? it's strange. <clears throat> Maybe they want people to, on a whim to say, oh, I remember I had Jaws on the NES. Here it is in the box for triple what it should be. <laughs> Can't I, wait to buy it. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't get it. I didn't look up the – they had prices of the action figures. Up. I didn't look up those prices. And then the comics. It's nice to see a comic shop, a mom and poppy sure. comic shop since I, you know, I used to grow up going to them all the time. Um, so I did, I did that. And then uh, too many games happened that weekend. It's the second biggest convention uh, of its type, only to PRGE, and it was even bigger this year. There was more people. Uh, they tripled the size of the venue. Um, they had a lot of definitely a changing of the guard. I was an old man there compared to the other guests. A lot of new uh, streaming and t- uh, Twitch guests. Makes sense. Younger YouTubers. Uh, you know, uh, Scott the Waz obviously was there. Good kid. Spoke to him again. Um, obviously, I see James, my pal, James Rolf, and everyone else we know there. Um, and of course, I hang out with my Conbay internet. And she's a great artist selling her wares, stickers, selling a lot of stickers and t-shirts, t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, so it was super busy, three-day event. And the, three, the, the, the Friday taxes you more than you think when you get to Saturday because you're setting up. And then, okay, now I got five, yeah. six hours of interacting and, and you know peddling stuff until Saturday. So it's like you're already off to like you're already like under – uh, your reserves of energy are already sapped to begin with. And I did my panel. Panel's pretty good. I threw out some Drake's cakes to, to the crowd. That my mom bought me. My mom bought me some boxes of Drake's. I threw out a couple of Yodels and Funny Bones. Funny Bones, you know, the ones with the peanut butter, if you don't remember. Oh, yeah, those are good. Yeah, I haven't had one yet. So now it's like rationing them out. You can buy them online, but the reason I don't is because then I don't want, I'd eat a Drake's cake every fucking day, and I can't do that. So I, I try to ration one, like one every three days. Like, okay, now I can have a Drake's cake. And it also makes them last, last longer. And I do that. Um, so, uh, why, why are you looking like that? Just looking at like you. How, how, how could you ration out Drake's cakes? I don't know because they're great. Devil's dog. I talk to people back here, like our pal Yoshi, and say, like, I don't know what a devil dog is. I'm like, I, okay, you have to have a devil dog. You never had a devil dog before? And that's the thing. It's like they don't have Drake's cakes out here. Uh, so I feel like the fudge dip devil dog is where it's really at. 
I don't. They say yeah, they they're less like dry. Each. They're less dry. I feel like that chocolate coating seals in the freshness. I, I, I don't know if I misremember, but the the, the, the devil dogs I've had in recent years are more are more moist than the ones as a kid. That's just I don't know if it's if it's a. They might have figured that out in the past thirty years. I mean, thank goodness, or or last you know fifteen years to have one. But I think yeah, you're right. They used to be the driest thing ever. Oh, they, I think yeah. they're more moist now. And I think the same with Twinkies. Whenever I have a Twinkie, modern times. I have Twinkie now in a few years at least. I fucking love they, Twinkies. They're, they're more yeah, Twinkies are. They're not as bad as what you think when you look at the, the like the health thing. It's like these aren't awful for you. You don't want to live on them, but if you have one Twinkie, you're not fucking killing yourself. But the sponge cake isn't like horrible for you. Yeah. Versus having a choco bliss, which I used to always have. Like those were the worst things. Like four layers of chocolate, you know, and fudge. Those were bad. I think they stopped making those because of the lawsuit. I love some of the Mexican snack cakes that you can get down here, like the Goncito, which is also it. probably horrible for you. It's well, like chocolate cake, cream, strawberry jelly dipped in chocolate. See, once you get to the jelly stuff, that's where you go off the rails. Yeah, because like, it's just it's not jelly; it's sugar based. Yeah, that's <laughs> see when you look back at what I used to eat as a kid. It's like yeah, I had a Hostess cupcake or a Twinkie. No, that's not what did me in. Maybe maybe thick but quick pack. It was the fruit pies. The fruit pies are probably the worst possible thing you could fucking well, eat Well, the fruit's not good for you, but that crust is literally just like lard and flour it's, dipped it's in deep, sugar. It's deep fried. Yeah. It's like deep fried and then covered in tons of sugar. And then the quote unquote, what used to be fruit inside, whether it's apple, what was it? They did apple. They did apple, blueberry, cherry, lemon. Yeah, that's Lemon's not my fruit. favorite. It, Lemon's it, it, my favorite. It could pretend to be fruit at some point. If I'm, it's just sugar There's cream. There's no reason to pretend it's fruit. <laughs> but that's the point. That was a lot worse as a kid looking back. Oh, it's healthy. It has fruit in it. Like having a granola bar. Oh, this is healthy. It has peanut, uh, you know, peanut in it, but then it has like chocolate chips. No, it's the worst thing ever. Uh, Monk Pack. Monk Pack. Use promo code <laughs> CU Podcast. <laughs> and you save on there. Those are those are healthy and great keto friendly bars. Anyway, so um Trinity Games was fun. It was good to be back, you know, it was there in October. Uh, I had pork roll. Uh, I went to the, I met up my our, our pal Brennel Floss, uh, and I had I had have to get an omelet. With dry wheat toast, butter and jelly on the side. That's my trademark. Home fries. And I said, give me a side of pork roll. Yeah. And you remember why it's the best thing ever. And that's, that's what I did. What are you scrolling around? What kind of omelet did you get? I'm opening all the articles that we need. My, my, my omelet of choice is a bacon and Swiss cheese omelet. And I get sour cream and salsa on the side. And I don't know why that combination always gets me, but it does. There was a diner back in Jersey that had that and they called it. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. It wasn't a Texas omelet. It, Mexican omelet's something different. It was a south. It was a. I think it was. A, I think it was a southwestern omelet. I never found another diner ever had that in New Jersey. But it was literally Swiss cheese, bacon, and they, and it was sour cream and salsa. And I can't really do omelets anymore unless it, like. Well, I can't. I love them, but like I that side of salsa is crucial for me. I love salsa on an omelet. But the, but the it's the combination of bacon with the sour cream, hmm. and Swiss. It, it, it I do love I do love uh, uh, Swiss. Swiss is so good on an omelet. Swiss is my favorite cheese. It's become my awesome. favorite cheese over the years. It's got a little bite. Intermediate fasting, not too heavy. It's it's better on burgers meat because you taste more of the meat. Cheddar or American can be too strong in my opinion, and it goes better, I believe, with bacon. One of my favorite snacks is just a Swiss cheese sandwich, just like bread, oh, really? mustard, Swiss cheese, fold it in half. Fucking good. My all time favorite burger is uh, mushrooms, bacon, and Swiss cheese. I did that two weeks ago. I made them on the grill. I, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You don't even need like lettuce or tomato at that point. You're you're good to go. Damn intermittent fasting. So um, it was a great time back being back home. Ian, I'm sure missed me. And uh, yeah, and I try to get over all the all the bad news happening. Yeah, uh, you know, and try to just get through it. Talking to people, 
Uh, Fuck you if you support that shit. Um, you want you, you want to talk about, and also fuck you support uh, NFTs. Uh, Square Enix. Talk yeah, I think this so uh, this is interesting. Square Enix uh, has said that it's too early to make Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy blockchain games, um, but still, this is the headline from a Eurogamer article by uh, Vicky Blake. But it does still list NFT game development in its list of medium term goals. Um, what I think is interesting here is that it's listed as medium term, not short term, uh, because they seemed so gung ho about it when they initially talked about the it. The New Year's letter, then they just sold off a bunch of their North American to get IPs into and NFT they, games. They uh, certainly made it seem like they go, were ready uh, to do this. Um, so it's still too early to embed blockchain in its most popular franchises, but has confirmed that development of blockchain games and entertainment products remains on the company's list of medium term goals. Here's what I think is happening. Uh, and I've noticed it with Japanese companies and I, we talked about it a little bit on here before when covering NFTs, um, they seem to get into that party really late. It seemed like they were behind on it by a couple of months Mm -hmm. and right as NFTs were starting to really fall off a precipice and interest here. That's when we were like, what the fuck is like Square Enix and these other companies doing? And GameStop. Because all this, well, GameStop too, but like just focusing on Japan, all of a sudden, like we started hearing all sorts of stuff come out of Japan about how they want to do NFTs. I'm wondering if someone at Square Enix fucking looked around and realized maybe this isn't the landscape. I mean, moving it to well, medium term, what is what is medium term? It means maybe next year, the year after. Yeah, to me, it sounds like they're uh, kicking the can down the hall, yes. and now they're getting maybe a little because, afraid to commit to this. Um, because because crypto's crashed the past six weeks. Yes. Um, NFTs are even harder because the first thing that goes when people are might be, get a little uh, tight about a potential recession or money, they have to they have to get liquid. What do you do? You got all this fucking gambling and weird shit, this, this yeah. speculative stuff. So the first thing that goes is crypto uh, and the whales get out because they want to make sure they make their payments on their yachts or whatever and have, have cash in case it gets even worse. And that, then you have a sell-off happen. You have a great sell-off. And, and you need crypto, obviously, for NFTs as well. So it's obviously they're connected because of Ethereum, right? So yes, it could not. And plus, it was already ta- tailoring off the, in, in the interest. The worst possible timing for GameStop and for like Square Enix to get into this. Yeah. They should have done this a year ago at least. They could have at least had some short term. Well, they shouldn't. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, if they want yes. to get some profit out of it. But Ubisoft, no interest when they did their shit. Square Enix 27. 20, they sold 27 Ubisoft, NFTs yeah, when we went when we went over that. Holy shit. They sold off Tomb Raider to do this. And a Tomb Raider they sold off. A, a, a Tomb Raider franchise that they had, com- well, not them, they owned it, but that the developers had, like, revitalized? Completely 180 and revitalized into, like, and had a, a really good... And did a movie from it that they're supposed to do more movies. 300 million, think about, okay, 300 million. That, we're not even talking about Deus Ex and Thief, and those probably you can make some money off of. Tomb Raider, you're giving up any future, you can make a Tomb Raider game probably every three, four, five years. Yeah, if if you keep it going and the movies, that three hundred million is so short sighted just for that alone. You need to cash that. You couldn't make three hundred million off a of Tomb Raider over the next even ten years. It's fifteen crazy. years. Yeah, you do a couple more movies. You do like three, four more games. You do re-releases, uh, greatest hits, or you know, I'm sure they do like remasters. A remaster. That's insane to me. Uh, At least remaster the first two. And, and, and you have the other stuff I'm talking about. What a fuck up. 
Square Enix. I mean, that's insane. So I'm I'm glad it's good that you're not going to see a Dragon Quest uh, NFT game anytime soon. Yeah, you know, because otherwise Eden would fucking go nuts if you saw that. Probably, I'd throw something out the window. Earn earn your earn your uh, your your little little blob uh, slimes, little slime uh, cards or whatever, and trade them in. You know, it'd be currency. Call them blobs. How dare me? I'm tired. Anyway, Ian. It's okay. Uh, it's just a very simple name. I, I, was, I was thinking of blobs because they look blobish. They're blobish. Look like little chips, chocolate chips with their little pointy heads. Her, they're Hershey Kisses, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you can't eat them. Yeah. I mean, you can, but that'd be gross. That'd be rude. Slimy. It'd be slimy. Slimy. Uh, this news coming out uh, that Diablo Immortal, our favorite mobile game, yeah. uh, may not be releasing in China anymore this comes from dex airto which is also a gaming and esports news site it's a twitter account china allegedly is banning the release of diablo immortal in the country due to reports that the diablo immortal weibo or weibo which is a chinese social media their their account made a joke about uh xi jinping which is the the leader of china he's the premier i believe uh leading the you know the the, the communist party of china yeah they made uh, the winnie the pooh joke which he supposedly hates. Yeah, it's good to have. It's good to have an authoritarian leader that's that that's very thin skinned. Yeah, that jokes. So that's a good thing to have. Yep, <clears throat> so, absolutely doesn't yeah. get people into trouble <laughs> um, at all. So it's a it's if this is true, the translation on the post reads: Why isn't Winnie the Bear going out of office yet? It makes reference to Winnie the Pooh, which Z is commonly portrayed as. The Chinese leader isn't fond of this, and in the past led to various other games and media being banned. So the fact they did this from the official, um. Diablo Immortal account is nuts. It is. And whether it was an accident or didn't switch the account, the person on the, using the social media. But if Diablo Immortal is not released in China, which is, you know, a, in theory, a bigger gaming market than like the US and Europe maybe combined. Especially with um, mobile stuff, because mobile stuff is bigger. supposedly huge over there. Yeah. This is like, I can't tell you how catastrophic this is to Activision. For this to happen, Activision Blizzard, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's already getting you know panned in the U.S. and then to lose out on another massive market, uh, well, they're they're learning, <laughs> they're they're learning some lessons. I, I mean, I can't imagine if you wake up in the morning and you see this, if you're if you're like a CEO of Activision or you're like a higher, like what we just did, what this is potentially this 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 tweak can cost it. It could be a billion dollar, a loss. billion dollar like mistake. Yeah. Of something, or maybe more. Like I don't know what the whales are like over there buying. This. Like it's I I can't I can't think of another thing that this could have happened. No, it's insane. Um, obviously, China when it comes to movies and games, they want to censor out certain things. Uh, supposedly, they wanted to censor out one of uh, Tom Cruise's uh, leather jacket uh, patches. Oh, really? It's like a rising sun. Or I, I looked this up, and they said, and then to their credit, Paramount said, "No, we're not doing that." It's it's the, he had the patch in the first one. We're not doing that. Uh, we put that. When we put Tom Cruise jacket patch china i'm gonna see what 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 was happened there um it was a taiwanese flag on his jacket oh okay obviously china you know they're having the tiff going with taiwan um so they they wanted that to uh to be i think they wanted the movie to be banned uh there and then i think they restored it basically they said they said at one point fuck you I think, and that's what basically what it comes down to. At some point, it's going to be like we're going to do our art the way we want to, and whether yeah. or not you want to show it, whether it's in Saudi Arabia and editing out any you know gay kisses, like like they wanted to get rid of it in uh, uh, Lightyear. There's a quick peck on the lips between a between a between uh, two women, and it's like the get, fall of civilization. Uh, get over it. Get over it. It's 2022. Get over it. 
or don't see the movie. But to, to, to or eat shit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at some point we have to say like, yeah, you have to get on board with with, with the rest of the uh, society, of the rest of the civilization, modern civilization, and and, and stop cowtowing. But whether or not businesses want to do that, let's talk about that. It's, they're always going to be do we do we? Yeah. So it looks like Top Gun Maverick restored. Uh, Top Gun. They reversed it. Originally, they said it was going to be gone, and then they basically said, "Screw you." Uh, and then we're going to put the patch back in. It's a fucking patch on the jacket. Yeah, you'll live. Yeah, it's a patch there. And you know what? And you know what? It's, it's made a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Top Gun. It's been hugely successful. So obviously, they'd be like, "Okay, either get on board and and or not." So, uh, I, oh, this, this article is interesting. It said Disney's 2020 film Mulan bombed at the Chinese box office, despite producers ensuring they cast actors popular in China. Shared the script with Chinese authorities for review and cut scenes that Chinese test audiences didn't like. If it's not making money, what's the fuck? What's what the fuck's the point? I, I have to real. I probably think about think about obviously. China has uh, the second most number of people in the world to India at this point. It's over a billion people, or about a billion, and the the common person are, is not going to care about this stuff like the government will. Right? They're not going to see a Taiwanese flag on Tom Cruise jacket and walk out of the theater. They're not going to give a shit. They want to see. They want to see an interesting movie. They're like. They're also not going yeah. to see a Taiwanese flag and become radicalized by it. Like, yeah, one way or the other, they have their mind made up about the right. issue. One way or the other. So at some point, like I didn't realize that Mulan did bombed. I forgot it came out the live action one. At some point, you got to be like, we're just going to do it, whether or not you want to see it or not. So maybe that's what spurred that. This sort of stuff. It's like we're going to bend over backwards and it's still going to make money. Who cares? Right. Who cares? So anyway, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. There. So, so you know. I don't have a transition, Ian. Neither do I. I was really struggling for one. Uh, I'm never gonna ban your ban your sales at UltimateNintendo.com. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. So, yeah. you know, I I will not ask you to change any of your opinions on on my on my RBI baseball stickers. I sold them out at too many games. Enamel pins, the Ultimate Nintendo, Super Nintendo books, DVDs, and the not for resale Blu-ray, and more. I'll be back on Twitch. I had not skipped a week of of. Of Twitch in two years. I had it because I was gone. Uh, Wednesday night afternoon, late afternoon here in Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash Contra Code watching 70s, 80s, 90s commercials. And then, whoop, I will be at the Southeast Game Exchange in Greenville, South Carolina. That's already in a week and a half. July 9th and 10th. Come out and see my first time, I think, ever in South Carolina. I don't think I've ever stopped there at an airport before. That's, hmm. that's not why I wanted to murder that guy, was it? No, that was, was, that was, was North... uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That was Atlanta? It was. It was the Atlanta airport? I will never forget it. Okay. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about this Nintendo Direct, Ian? I guess. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yes. No, I mean, it, there, there was some stuff on there that I was pretty, uh, that looked pretty good. So um, there hasn't been a Nintendo-themed Nintendo Direct in a while. Where? Um, but there was a third party direct that basically, um, is showing off, uh, this article's from Polygon, Nicole Carpenter shows off. It's a 24 third party Nintendo games all coming, um, in the next year. Uh, some of them this year. So just to run it down, I, we don't have to talk about all of this monster hunter rise. Sunbreak was expected to be seen. Um, that extension, uh, expansion comes out June 30th. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Monster Hunter expansions uh, really take expansion to a whole new level. It's really just like 
the amount of game content you got in the original game, that's usually how much game content you get in these expansions. Sounded sounded they could have taken your coat and put on the put on the box art. Uh, really takes expansion to a new, well, new level. I mean, they, they, I mean, it, they're they're worth the money. They're really what, good. What would they charge for their DLC? Uh, I'm gonna usually. guess thirty bucks. What's the game? Sixty. Yeah. So it's like half. Okay. Um, but yeah, you get a lot. Uh, Near Automata is coming. Um, Super Bomberman R2 is one that I'm looking oh. forward to. Oh, okay. That was a, that was a launch title, right? Uh, yes. Honestly. And I hated what they did with the free-to-play online version because it was pay-to-win. Did we talk about that? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, but hopefully Super Bomberman R2 will be a full-priced game. Hard to fuck up Bomberman, right? Right. I mean, you can, but like, why would you? It's the simplest concept. Uh, this is one that I think people have been waiting for, the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Uh, it's going to take all of the Be- Mega Man Battle Network games, put them together. Uh, these were really interesting games uh, for the original Game Boy Advance. I think I played one of them. Um, they use a real-time grid-based combat system with cards, and it gets surprisingly deep and is a really good time. I only ever played one. I played part two. And, so it's an uh, action RPG, basically. Uh, no, they're turn-based battles. I think it's random battles or RPG-like battles, but then you get like a grid on one side and a grid on the other side, and you can move at any time between the grid spots, and you use different cards that have different area of effect. It's a really neat system. Action strategy. Yeah. That's a, okay. Uh, Pac-Man World is getting a remaster called a repack. Um, this was the PlayStation? This was PlayStation. I, I mean, I played the game when I was younger, and I liked it. It's probably like 99 or so this came out? What year 98, 99? Yeah, probably 99. Blanc, which I don't know anything I, real about. Quick, I remember playing Pac-Man World a little bit. My cousin had a PlayStation, and it's, it seemed fun. Yeah. You know, uh, you know cute enough. But it's um, like Pac-Man. Return to Monkey Island. Um, it's... Uh, the direct sequel to Monkey Island 2, so I'm excited by it for it. I'm excited to see those characters again. Uh, one of the best PC adventure game series out there. The first one is Comedy Gold. I got played still. I never played it. Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I'm really looking forward to this. The first Mario and Rabbids game was fantastic. It's a strategy game. Um, plays like XCOM, but with Mario and Rabbids characters. Uh, the first one was like a surprise hit kind of early on in the Switch's lifespan. Uh, I think everyone kind of assumed that maybe it wasn't going to be great because it was all third-party developed by Ubisoft. Um, but it came out great, and I believe the guy who you know created it, like Miyamoto, even said, hey, I really like this, and like the dude was like in tears because you know he he did the impossible. He made a third party Nintendo game that was well received. <laughs> what do you mean did the impossible? Well, I mean you look at like the Philips CDI stuff. Anytime that the Mario oh, I see, le- I, okay, I understand. Yeah, like um, Mario time stuff. when when they yes. when they source out Mario, well, that was it a, usually doesn't go. That well. was a very specific thing yes. with the CDI. They had no say on that probably. And so it was a disaster. This looks interesting. This rail grade game here. Yes, I'm uh, interested in this. The comment I, from the author is funny. It's roller coaster tycoon, but trains. Well, there was railroad tycoon, which I guess they haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, but I think. But if you look at it, it's it's far more whimsical than like roller coaster tycoon was. I mean, All right, railroad, yeah, railroad tycoon. More serious. Yeah, it, it looks. This looks fast and weird and. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, I mean, look right. at it because the it's sneaking in and yeah, out, going sneaking in and out, and all it's, that stuff. It's not, it's not, it's not a sim. I'm really excited for this. I, I love railroad shit. I will play the What's fuck out of this. Uh, it's on your. <laughs> I was like, what was that? Sound? Oh, sorry, it's the. <laughs> I was uh, like, what the hell was it's that? The rail sim music. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're building your own rail. It looks like you can go in first person or third person, not just overhead. Yep. 
Um, I don't know what I I got I, I don't have the audio and trailer like what what would it be like mission objectives to do things or yeah versus, most likely I'm sure there'll uh, probably be a free mode and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it looks cool. Um, a couple other ones: Sonic Frontiers, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley, which looks like it's going to be basically a Disney themed Animal Crossing. Oh, not a bad idea, I guess. Uh, Live Alive demo, a SquareSoft RPG that was never released over here during the Super Nintendo years, is getting released. Um, Dragon Quest Treasures, which uh, another spinoff. There's tons of spinoffs to Dragon Quest at this point. I honestly don't know what type of game this looks like. I can't really tell. Minecraft Legends. Um, is that more of an adventure game than just regular Minecraft, I guess? I guess. Uh, big ones. Um, big, big ones. Persona series is finally getting represented big, big. on the Switch, and I've been waiting for this to go through Persona 5 Royal. Um, Persona 3 Portable, uh, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. So basically the uh, game of the year or enhanced editions of all three of the main Persona games since they've gone to this format are getting released and are expected soon. I don't know how soon. Uh, Saw a cat in the trailer. What kitty cat's that? Sorry. Oh, uh, for uh, which one? Uh, 53 seconds in. Oh. There's a baby kitty cat. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I mean... Portal Companion Collection, Portal's getting released. That's actually available uh, right now. It got a shadow drop. Um, I really love the Portal games. I don't know if I need to play through them again, but they're great games. And if anyone actually has made it this long without playing them, uh, you should. These are not graphically intensive games. They're going to be fine on the Switch. Captain Velvet Meteor, The Jump. I don't Plus know. Dimensions. I don't Tat- know. A tactical action game about a boy who's moved to Japan. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's nice to, to get obviously get some shine in some of these ones that I never heard of. I never would have heard of Railgrade or, yeah. or Little Noah's Sign of Paradise. That got shadow dropped today too. Oh, it's already out. Uh, yeah. Um, it looks cute. It's a it's a it's a roguelite metroidvania and i love roguelikes i like a lot of roguelites too um but i'm kind of tired of every fucking roguelite taking the form of a metroidvania has that been over is it being overly done now yes gotcha it's a golden age of of roguelites coming back um i guess this means we'll probably see a nintendo direct with first party stuff later in the summer early fall probably early fall for for the holiday season they usually do like you know to set up the whatever the big holiday games are going to be yeah, if we know what they're going to be, if we can guess, um, yeah. All right, I don't much more to say about it. Yeah, no, neither do I. That's about it. You want to you want to talk about uh, a trademark being abandoned real quick? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> what, was, what was that? Some some white noise that Ian did. Sick of fucking Amico shit. Um, drag him out into the street, flog him, get it over with. Flog. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, The Intellivision Amico trademark has been abandoned. Uh, That's not a good sign. Posted by Tommy Poopy Pants on the Intellivision underscore Amico Reddit. Yeah. And um, a lawyer did 
check in here. Okay. I this is this is from Fletch0083. I do want to read this, so this is pretty good. Uh gives it some understanding and some place. Okay. IP lawyer here to give some insight into what this means, since another commenter requested a professional explanation. The trademark was abandoned for failure to file either a statement of use or an extension within the required time period. After you get a trademark allowed, basically meaning you have the right to use it in commerce, you have a certain amount of time to either use it and file a statement of use or file an extension so you can have some additional time. The mark still shows that it has an attorney of record who works at the same firm that was handling the omnibus patent. It's a very well-respected firm, so it's highly unlikely that the attorney just forgot to pay the extension fee. The fee is also fairly low, a few hundred dollars, including legal fees. So it's probably not an issue of not having the money. The only rational conclusion is that Intellivision explicitly requested that the attorney not file the extension, meaning that they have no intent to use it in commerce. Uh, TLDR, the mark was uh, likely abandoned due to an express request by Intellivision. The system is dead. Or else they never got back to the lawyer and just said to do it. They, they just didn't. I suppose. I mean, and that's the thing. I, mean, I think I think a lot of it, there is still when when bankruptcy talks come up and stuff, there is still a lot of people that I think think in television did more than they actually did. They bought an office and sat around on their fucking ass. Well, they rented it. Yeah. So a I don't couple think offices. So I don't I mean, yeah, you're right. It could have just been that Intellivision never bothered. But if the attorney is still listed, then Intellivision's paying the attorney. So I think that's what this person's getting at. So Intellivision knew enough to keep paying the attorney, but they didn't do this. So either either they forgot about it, but I, I do think there is some likelihood to this. They asked not to have it extended because they're well, not going to fucking do anything with it. So then it says, well, does this mean it's totally dead? Well, in theory, you can still try to sell whatever you want, bring it to market without the trademark, but then someone else can challenge it. So it'd be stupid to sell something, right? you know, of that scale and not have the trademark locked up. And I'm not going to go digging for it because it's a long thread, but they also clarified that um, just because it's abandoned doesn't mean that like anyone can go pick it up right no. now. It takes a few years for that to happen. No, you have to show that you actually have good faith to use it and sure. use it. You know, it's not just, yeah. So, but it's not something you can do immediately, no matter what. But it's not a good sign. No, it's not a good sign It's not all. a good sign. And, so, and supposedly, we never really talked about it. Supposedly, there was some back and forth between the people that had the Amiga computer uh, trademark and Amico, since they're very close. Mm-hmm. It's just a different, it's just a different uh, way of saying it in a different language, saying friend. And so, and so they must have g- came to a deal on that. We never really commented on it because it's like, well, they'll probably work it out. Or maybe, or maybe they'll get a cut at your Sudesh because it's $100 per console. Maybe the Amiga people get a dollar. I don't know. But either way, they probably worked out some deal with that, some licensing agreement for that, because that was a dispute going on, at least. if you, This is all public. All, all, all the trademarks, you can go to the U.S. site and look it up, and you can look it up for yourself. So, um, yeah, not, not a great sign uh, in Intellivision land. And I'll also uh, point out uh, uh, other signs that, like, there's just uh, no one there and the lights are off. Um about a month ago, the U.S. Shopify store where they sell their T-shirts and their physical products from uh, went down temporarily. Uh, the people on the Intellivision Amico Reddit, um, you know, mentioned it. And then all of a sudden, like later, like someone was looking at it, maybe Phil Adam, uh, the U.S. Shopify store went back up. Um, but about a week ago, uh, it was pointed out that the Europe Shopify store went down. So when the U.S. Shopify store went down, the European one was still up. 
Now the U.S. one's back up, but the European Shopify storefront has right. been down for over a week now. They're not, they're not, they're not paying the, the, the they're not paying the twenty nine dollar monthly fee. Yeah, to have the Shopify sub uh, stuff because that's like the that's like the mid level. I have a Shopify site. Is that the mid level? Twenty nine bucks. There's like three or four different tiers. And I know um, we talked about it when it was you know when we covered the topic the first time, but I just want to point out that all of this makes everything Phil Adams said in that letter just seem like fucking hot air. There's, I mean, is there's nothing going forward here. This was a comment uh, someone made, I believe, um, on, I guess, on the Facebook group. You see this thing? Which under one? working underscore cuke did it? Uh, someone posted uh, the the drama is just conspiracy theory. Oh yeah, I read that. Yeah, the drama just... is just conspiracy theorists spreading rumors and panicking people. At the end of the day. Though, if the Amico doesn't come out, then the only people it hurts are the people making it at Intellivision. Fuck you a million times. Yeah. This Pre- toxic positivity uh, shit is fucking too much. The people that pre-ordered it that are never getting their money back. The investors that were lied to. That were lied to. Lied. Um, the grants. The people I talked to this past weekend at Too Many Games that say, you know, I ordered the Intellivision Amica because I, I grew up loving the Intellivision. I thought it'd be fun. And now... The Intellivision brand is forever tarnished with this shit. Those people that I probably feel the worst about, honestly, because now, like, like going forward, the Intellivision name is mostly ruined for any new product. Uh, fuck you, whoever left this comment. They, they blurred out their name. As well as members of this group, we might as well cheer them on and root for them to succeed because that's the only way we will get to buy an Amigo is, is if they succeed. Yeah, just cheer. Yay. Pray to, pray to the fucking nostalgia gods that it'll come out. There are too many scummy people that choose to join an Amico fan group just to hate on television. Is this a parody? What are you a fan of? Like This has to be parody. It spoils it for people genuinely looking forward to buying an Amico. Pre-orders are now free. And in the last update, which was only a week ago, the CEO of Intelligent confirmed that the, the aim is to release the Amico still. It isn't over yet, yippee. This has to be either a really good troll or this person is fucking, they're, they're done. They're I've definitely it. seen some really um, good trolls on there, but I mean, they're pretty obvious. This to me does seem like something one of the, like, Amico diehard would say. I mean, you, you are, you are a walking zombie. Yeah. You're, you're gone. I, I mean, I, I wish I could be nice about it. You need professional help yeah. at this point. So anyway, yeah, I, I fucking hate that. The only people that, I've seen the comment in the past, the only people it hurts. Oh no, we've talked about it a bunch. It, it's, it, and they're not even hurting because they got their fucking salaries for sitting around doing jack shit, the CFO and the CEO right. the past few years, and getting, uh, you know, uh, loans, uh, maybe not the entire loans paid back from from the SEC filing, but they got interest payback on their loans, you know, so they're, they're fine. They sat pretty. They went on vacations with people's money. Like, they're fine. Yep. You're going to feel bad for them? Nope. Sorry, making you tired, Ian. No, I've been very tired lately. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind... The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Speaking of nostalgia and old brands, this one a lot better than in television at this point in time. Atari. Which isn't saying anything. Like. <laughs> no, but it's the, it's the old 
the video game brand that still connects with people and is known, and probably even 100 years from now, people will know Atari. They won't know in television. They won't know Man in the Box Odyssey. They won't know Fairchild. Probably won't know ColecoVision. They'll know Atari. And Atari as a as a brand, because it was not Atari Corp before 72, but they turned 50 years old, I believe, on the 27th of June. It just happened 24 hours ago. And uh, it's a, a significant in a way because it really helped start the modern video game sort of craze, pop culture phenomenon. It established what a video game console should really be in terms of how it functions how it's marketed how you have add-ons for a console you know what i mean how how you have a follow-up console it was atari that you know did sure, all, sure. Took all these steps to do that and I, I i agree that you know um arcade ports third-party developers fives and zeros is what we celebrate and as someone <laughs> on twitter said uh this is a five and a zero uh, yeah i mean this is the best one i guess a hundred would be a little bit better because it's two zeros and a ten, which is two fives. Yeah, but um, yes, Atari was important. Um, they were very important, like you said in the early days. They really did kind of they they built the model, um, also, which which is funny because they didn't have a lot of long term success. The twenty six hundred was very successful. The fifty two hundred was not. The seventy two hundred, uh, was. Uh, stuck in development hell and released way too late to ever be considered a contender. Uh, it was 86 when it was done in 84. Right. They, could have, they basically should have skipped the 5200 and went to the 7800. Right. Um, you know, the the Lynx, uh, you know, impressive for the time, but did not, you know, sell particularly well. It probably was profitable. I mean, from what you see in here, it's like, yeah, it, it sold a decent amount. You know, there was a decent amount of games, but obviously it wasn't enough to keep them going for that long on that. And then the Jaguar. And the Jaguar was a fucking uh, a disaster. disaster. Right. Uh, Atari uh, was always uh, one or two. After the after the 2600, they were always one step behind. Uh, the competition clearly outpaced them and, and, and did it, uh, you know, did it better. Um, not that, you know, the ColecoVision uh, was, you know, super popular or widespread, but... I, I don't know. Every single Atari system always paled in comparison to what else was available the at the time. Yes. I mean, hell, the Intellivision was 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 a superior uh, on the hardware than the twenty six hundred. It didn't have the third party support. Had an awful fucking controller, but the Intellivision console could do a lot more than the twenty six hundred sure. could. Um, I do think it's weird though to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of 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 a notion because Atari, while still around, is absolutely n nothing even remotely close to yeah. the the Atari that once was. Atari has not been around for fifty years in the form that we knew it as the you know innovators of of, of the whole yeah. video game market. Uh, this is this is fiftieth anniversary of of a symbol. Of, of a brand of an IP of an IP. It's really hard for me to look at that as, as something that it, is really. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's strange. So, so basically what happened was before it was officially Atari. Um, I, I, I'm looking for the name. Uh, Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney found a company called, sorry, uh, Syzygy engineering. Syzygy. Yeah. Syzygy. Not as good a name as Atari. Atari is a great name. Sounds good. It has a good meaning behind it. Syzygy is fun to spell, though. So they did computer space, remember, they, they, which was you know the first uh, commercial uh, video arcade game in 71, which was basically um, Space War, the MIT game. 
in a in an arcade form. Beautiful cabinets. If you ever see them, gorgeous. That flaky spray paint design. There's like, three, like I said, they they uh, look like carnival ride like chariots. They've got yes. that really like heavy there's flake a, paint with the a, gloss. There's, there's there's green, red, blue, and yellow, I believe. And then there's a two player version that's hard to find. If someone talked to me about that, that they have one. Gorgeous machines. If you ever see them, and you're basically it's basically just two ships shooting at each other on a screen. That's what it is. Um, and then obviously in '72 it becomes Atari, and they come out with Pong. That's where you can really say, okay, this is now Atari taking off because a 72 was Pong. And this is when video games took off because you had Pong and the Manabox Odyssey. Maybe they stole the idea from Ralph Bear from the Odyssey for Pong, probably. But it's important because Pong comes out. It's a phenomenon. And then that starts the um, basically the Pong consoles of the 70s. For a good six years, seven years, Tons of Pong clones. We're talking about video game years. Yeah. There was a mini crash because there were so many. I still find Pong clones. Color ones. Ones uh, with 24 different ones variations with guns. on Pong. Yeah, ones yeah. with realistic looking rifles. Yeah, or handguns. APF had theirs. Obviously, Coleco had theirs. Uh, Nintendo had yes. theirs in Japan before they ever got into uh, the console market. Color TV game, I think, is what it was called. Yeah, they had, they had yeah. a few, I think. So you had a bunch of the, these come out, and you had regional ones. I still even find regional ones at various conventions or the swap meets. Like I never heard of this one. There must have been, honestly, gun to my head, I would be not be shocked that there was no less than 50 Pong uh, clones that came out in the 70s. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm probably, I mean, in, I mean, not even counting like the fact that Odyssey had multiple ones in Coleco. I mean, 50 different yeah. companies that probably. Oh, I, I would not be surprised. Um, and then you get to 77. The VCS comes out. They then sell the company. In, uh, was it 78? Um, and then it goes through, obviously, peaks and valleys. They fire. Uh, Bushnell was gone from the company, I think, by 78. He was done with it, which is funny. It's like he, he's known for being the Atari guy, but he was not with the company that long. After the, right. the 20, he got the 2600 off the ground. And, and then, then left. And then, you know, they sold it. He was still the company. And then, they, then, they, then they got rid of him. Uh, then there was the split in 84, the game crash. Uh, so it was, it was Atari Inc. from 72 to 84. Um, then 84 becomes Atari Corporation. That's right. It was Corporation Next. And I think I think, I think part of that was splintering off. I don't know the Atari history entirely. They splinter off the computer business limit or try to because I think that might have been profitable still, I think, because the consoles was not anymore. Um, and then that was really the end of Atari to me was when was when the Lynx came out. It was Atari Corp from 84 to 96. So really, for tw- it really, it really existed for like 25 years, Atari, in, sure. my, in my head. After that, um, you know, they, they split it off Atari games. So then when Hasbro bought it in 98, that's when I think, okay, it's gone. Because then then it became a publishing name. Like Unreal Tournament was published by, I think, uh, Atari at one point, I believe. Like, so, uh, Yeah, yeah, I think for so, the Xbox. So, like, they they got into They basically became an, an imprint. And obviously along the way, uh, for 2001, the president, it's Atari essay. That's when Infogrames... Uh, basically bought it, and that's when in the 2000s... And I think that was after it had already been in the hands of Hasbro. Hasbro was 98 to 2000. That's probably when the Unreal Tournament stuff was. Really and then, 98 to 2000? That's it? Like Two three years. years? Three years, I guess, in total. Yeah. Um, and then Atari SA is how you know it today. Uh, so once you get to that point, um, you have obviously all the flashbacks come out. Uh, you have all the re-releases coming out on these probably original Xbox, uh, I believe. Yeah. Um, I originally got in the in the Mid nineties, I got. I guess that's when it was Atari games. Um, I got a CD. It was in CompUSA. I got the CD re-release of some games. That's like, oh, this is like video game preservation. It's like ninety five, probably ninety four, like twenty bucks for like twenty Atari games. 
And of course, you get all the, you know, now you get all these re-releases happening up to today. So what is Atari? You mentioned, like, what is it now? Like, when you look at it, what is Atari? We, we, we talked about the, how the VCS was, a, the new VCS was a disaster. No one needed it. We didn't think it was going to come out for a while. It finally, thankfully, did come out and wasn't needed. Uh, Atari now, to me, is going forward going to be the same eight games or so that Atari really is known for. And we're just going to re-release these same eight games now until the end of time. We're going to re-release Centipede. We're going to re-release Asteroids. Breakout. Pong, you know, slash Breakout. Uh, we're going to re-release um, Warlords, maybe. Uh, I'm already running out of steam. What am I missing? Like, it's a handful of probably historically important games that laid a foundation down that we will know and love these games going forward. Um, and And that's really about all you can say to me about what it besides a cool logo the atari logo is great we love the atari logo people still wear it on t-shirts you know that's really it to me that's what atari will be going forward yeah right am i missing a game that that they'll remake besides the ones i just said missile command that's the one i was missing missile command missile command sure. missile command asteroids centipede pong breakout warlords did i say centipede yep it's a half dozen games yeah it's a half a dozen games and all of them are games that I don't want to fucking play with a keyboard or mouse or a controller. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we ha- then you, well, I mean, the original Atari, you have the mid 80s Atari stuff. Yes. That's different. Um, when you have stuff like Paperboy and you have stuff like um, Rampart, but I think those rights are all probably gone for some of those games. I don't know because you don't hear remakes of those. Does Atari still own some of that stuff? Or, or you know, like, I, you're, you're looking at, a set of games that were very particular to their time, either attached to, like you said, a console with a specific set of controllers, or the mid-80s games were all, all had a specific set of controllers. Road Blasters had a specific yoke. Paperboy had 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 the uh, the handlebars. I always uh, shit on Atari, like when the, like the stuff that they put, like their actual games that they put on like their systems. But it was never because they weren't like decent games. It no. was that they always. They were innovators in the arcade space early on with different control schemes and stuff, really kind of experimenting with how to best interact with a video game. And none of that translated to their home consoles. Yes. And but, it's not really translating for me here. Yeah, because uh, because the Atari games, which I'm trying to see who owns who owns it. Atari games became the arcade stuff in 84. That was Atari games. That's right. Um, so that that includes like Marvel Madness. Looking at this target, Marvel Madness, Paperboy. Stuff like uh, they did Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. They did Gauntlet. They did Super Sprint. They did Road Runner. They, they did uh, Sprint Championship. They did Seven Twenty. They did Road Blasters. They did APB. They did Zybots. They did Vindicators, Tubin, Cyberball, Hard Driving. Uh, the Tetris came out. Uh, Stun Runner. They went up to Pit. They did Pit Fighter. That's right. They did Clacks. So these are memorable games. Then to the and, and then into the uh, the nineties. That's when they sort of they went up to like Gauntlet Legends and California Speed and San, San Francisco Rush. And remember, like, War Final Assault, then they were done with the arcade stuff. A lot of those games are, like, sort of, like, one-offs. Like, as much as I love Rampart, that's not a beloved series of games. No, it's that, a great game. But. That they're going to keep even, like, can they even do, like, a bunch of remakes of that? I wish. Uh, the same with, like, Clax. The same with APB. I played Cyberball with uh, Norm at a convention at Midwest. We played a, a two. It was a, it was a beautiful four-player cabinet with two monitors. We had a great time. Me and Norm, we barely pulled out. We won. We won in overtime. Cyberball. Who were we playing against? People or the computer? Computer. We won in overtime. Great, 
like great games at their time and place. And I can even say, say the same thing for Paperboy. Great game at its time and place. Oh, I love Paperboy. Yes. It's fantastic. Like, you're, you're not going to see games like that create a long-running franchise that will continue forever. No. That's it. So it's almost like Atari was good at innovating, but not seeing like, okay, long-term, what do we have to do to succeed? We have to develop mascots. We have to we have to make sure that we run this business properly. We have to make sure that we don't, you know, run this thing into the ground with short term thinking. Let's let's allow any fucking old game on our uh, console have no quality control or anything. That's the one thing to say about Nintendo's recording and practices. They weren't going to make the same mistake that Atari made. They weren't. Sure. Gonna, and yes, you can say, oh, they allowed some shit on the console. Imagine if they didn't have that seal of approval. You know those Color Dreams games that were hard to get. Imagine if they weren't hard to get and they just blanketed the market. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Wouldn't have worked out well at all. I mean, no one would want to buy it. That's why Atari started to falter. I mean, yeah, people make, you know, joke about the Nintendo seal of quality. Doesn't mean that there's not bad games. It just means that they're at least they guaranteed functions. to fucking play properly. Deadly Towers functions. Yeah. You know, people didn't like that game. Uh, muscle functioned. Sure. X Men functioned. Didn't uh, crash. Uh, okay. It functioned. Oh, you're stretching it with, with X Men? Uh, I have an exception to that. It game functioned. For- sure. I, I I beat it. You can beat that damn game. You can. Uh, yeah. It sucks, but you can beat it. Cool, man. I can beat a car orders. You know, I, I barely. Your eyes will be. Will be I've like never beaten motion. because the code stops working in the last level. It's got to be careful. <laughs> you just got to be really. I did it as a kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm careful about not playing the game. Yes. Oh, good old Micronics port. So yeah. Um, going forward, like I said, you're gonna see like yeah. I want to see. I haven't played the recharge games. They look great. They actually look fun. They look okay. You'd play the centipede one. I would play the Astro. No, I'd play the. I, I, I'd be more. Int- I, I won't play centipede without a trackball. I just won't. You can't uh, find a trackball controller for, for a PC and play it. I, I don't know that it would be compatible. But breakout, I There's probably would. There's gotta be a USB. I'd play the breakout one, maybe. You play breakout. I, I'd play the Astro's one. And then, like, I don't know if you're gonna see another computer slash console like the VCS because then they probably realized this was not worth our time. No. Are they still trying to? The, I mean, I mean, the, the 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 fucking CEO that stepped down was fucking, you know, counting the launch as the finish line. I don't think they're. I mean, and then they clearanced out all those other ones at half price. Oh, I, I should have got one. I yeah, should have got one. There too. was one for they, they went quick. It was a hundred bucks, and you got hundred dollars for like the three hundred dollar version or four hundred dollar version. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have done that just for shits and giggles. The controllers are worth that much. The yeah. two controllers that it came with, um, and then uh, real quick. Uh, Stadia, remember Stadia, Google Stadia? I do. Uh, they're launching Centipede, Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow is one of their games I always forget about. No one cares. Uh, Asteroids, Breakout, and Combinera. I have no idea what Combinera is. So for the 50th, for the 50th anniversary, the recharged uh, ones are coming there. I forgot they did a Black Widow recharge. That's right. So there you go. If you, if you, have, a, if you have Google Stadia, if you're the four people listening to this that still have a function in Google Stadia or using it, you can get the Atari stuff on that. I, I will point out, I mean, just because we're talking about them, I don't know if it's all the recharged games. I think it is. Yeah, all the recharged games are 50% off right now during oh. Steam's summer sale. So okay. honestly, I'll probably get Breakout recharged for 5 bucks and give it a shot. So $10 is probably what it should cost, a recharged game. I, I think that's it. what they do cost, and I think $5 is the sale price. I'm surprised they don't, they don't do a bundle with all of them. They do. You can do the Atari Recharged bundle for 25 bucks. It gets you Centipede Recharged, Asteroids Recharged, Black Widow Recharged, Breakout Recharged, and Gravitar Recharged. So that, that's a normal price or half price? That's half price. Okay. Twenty five forty five for all of them is the half price. They would be 50 otherwise. Five games, $10 a piece. You get a $5 discount. 
by buying all five, basically, because usually fifty. No, no, you're oh, getting 25. a twenty-five. The, they're all fifty percent off during yeah. the summer yes, sale, but they're normally forty-five for all five. Oh, uh, no, it's normally forty nine ninety five for all five. That'll give you a discount? No, it, it, bundles don't necessarily mean there's a discount on Steam. It just it's an easy way to buy everything at once. All right, Pat Math there. Uh, I want to talk about this other thing real quick, this Atari Mania game. See, this is why I like. I, this is why I like. Uh, uh, was it Wade Rosen, if you're listening? This is the type of st- This is how I want to see the Atari name used. They're doing this game called Atari Mania. It's going to be, it's a cute little, you want to say, indie-looking game. You're the ter- caretaker of the Atari Vault, the storehouse of classic Atari games. One night, a dead pixel appears, and soon enough, all heck breaks loose. Over 150 wild micro games spanning the breadth of the Atari catalog from Asteroids to Yars Revenge. Yars Revenge is another Atari game. There you go. People remember that. I one. love, yeah, but I, I, oh, I fucking love that game. Um, yeah, I should have thought of that. And then Adventure. That's about it. There's like, there's eight Atari games that people care about. You'll fight back centipedes with a pong paddle while the iconic Adventure Dragon hunts you down. This this is the type of stuff. This is this is creative. It's going to be probably a game that won't cost a lot of money. It's a bunch of little micro games. It's interesting. You can see nods to Circus Atari and stuff in there. So yeah, you're a little like look like like janitor care uh, taker there. Um, save Atari history. It's going to be like cute like eight bit graphics. It's going to come out. Some people will like it. It'll mostly be ignored by others, but at least it doesn't besmirch the Atari name. And I think that's something that in the last, the last few years we have to be aware of is that outside of the Atari VCS minor debacle, because it, it it really did nothing to elevate or even keep Atari in the in the spotlight besides the fact that, oh, it looks kind of like an Atari. These recharge games doing like re-release packs on Evercade, doing these cute little one-off games. This is how I want to see the Atari name used. This is how you use old names like in, like if I would had if I had the Intellivision IP, not saying I want it in the bankruptcy hearing. This is the only and best way to use the old properties. Sure, stuff like this. Put out your T-shirts. Put out your compilation. Uh, put out your remakes. That's it. No new consoles. Don't reinvent the wheel. Make your money the way you you can, and don't try to go grandiose. Try to hit a home run. It's never going to work. You know. Yeah. At this point, people that grew up with Atari stuff in the seventies. They are getting into close to retirement age or retirement when they were kids. We're talking, we're talking, you know, uh, we're talking 45 years old, the Atari 2600. These are people in their late 50s, early 60s. I mean, it is what it is. Any other thoughts here? Nope. I think we covered it. Uh, we got a page. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go money uh, paid. Uh, money paid money paid uh you get the full video podcast you get bonus bits you get writing i just posted one yesterday about my weekend uh and you get access to uh, you get hangouts hangouts we're gonna do it uh 16th i think 16th uh and then you get uh to vote in these polls in second place this was winning last night when i was checking how is gaming on the new jersey boardwalk different in 2022 Forty-four percent. That was going to win. First place. What existing IPs would make a great beat 'em up game? And this is on the tail end of our discussion of Shredder's Revenge that we did uh, last week. Yeah, I, I think you should go first because I think yours is really good. Ian, I love when you comment me; it makes me happy for like ten seconds mm-hmm. before you yell at me. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about martial arts IPs, colorful characters, good. Um, Good, like a different variety of, of uh, protagonist characters that you could use. 
and boss characters. John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China yep. would be a great beat em up game. Yes, absolutely. You have uh, Wang, you have Jack Burton, you have Eddie, could probably be your three main characters that you could use. Um, if you wanted to get uh, Gracie in on there uh, as a character as well, as a fourth character, uh, or uh, obviously, um, I, no, you, you get the, the, the wizard character. I can't, believe, I can't remember his name. He would be one of the guys, too. You have all different fighting styles. Obviously, Jack has his knife and his, and his crappy gun. And, you know, he kind of screws up things, but he probably just punch. You know, Wang is a great martial artist. Uh, Gracie, I really like to think about how Gracie would fight. Uh, like April O'Neil, she's a journalist. So I, right. I, you know, she's that, that. Hey, was, was, that, was, was that a weird, like, combination? They both have kind of red hair. And, you know, they, they're both journalists. Uh, and Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie could fight a little bit, too, in the scenes he was fighting in. He knew a little martial arts as well. Um, a little probably fist fighting and a little bit of, a, you know, kung fu stuff. So there's something there. The game, the, the movie is structured based up around action scenes as well. So you can have the, the big gang fight at the beginning, right? Between the two sides. Um, then you have them trying to break in uh, to rescue uh, Gracie. You have the, you have like probably mini fights uh, as well. Remember when Jack tries to hold them off and he flings his he flings his. Um, his clip away, and then Wang has to fight him off. So there's some fighting there, and then the the, um, the, the three uh, female mini bosses that, that are that are that are have all all the women in the cages there. Um, that would be a boss fight. And I'm not even talking about the the, the four main uh, uh, antagonists. I'm not even talking about that. Um, you have the one guy who was a direct inspiration. It seemed for like almost like Raiden, uh, yeah, the Lightning yes. God. Um, I, I, I'm forgetting all the names of the characters. Uh, you have Lil Pan, played by the famous James uh, Hong, who's been over 100 movies. Uh, and obviously, he has wizard powers. Uh, Egg Shen, that's right. Egg. Egg Shen would be the fourth main character, uh, the little short wizard character. Um, you have that going on. Um, you have uh, the guy who played, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Thunder. That's right. Thunder is, is the one. one uh, you have the guy with the sword, and then you have the Raiden looking guy. I don't the names in front of me. So you have a bunch of characters that are colorful, different attacks. You could have at least five bosses. I'm not even counting that weird uh, beast creature in the movie. That's a boss character. Oh, yeah. Um, you have about five boss characters right there that you could, without even getting in some of the other guys that show up that are like, you know, uh, famous uh, martial art actors. The one guy with the, with the mustache and the long hair that was in like a lot of those movies. He was, he was in Die Hard. He was in... Uh, Lethal Weapon. You're probably not talking about what I see him. He was like a character Asian actor and that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it was Thunder, Thunder, Lightning, and Rain. Those are the three uh, you want to say God characters there. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be fantastic and I think there was only a Commodore 64 game that came out that I, I, I'm almost afraid of looking up how that even looks like, but I will. Look let's, that up. Let's uh, check uh, that out. Because there was a Highlander game as well. It was garbage. And it seemed like a lot of those. There, there was an, it was an aliens movie that came out, I believe, on, on one of the. Uh, I think it was Commodore sixty four. It came out. In think Europe. you have it? Uh, yeah. Uh, if, if I look this up, I will. Be, I will probably throw up. Um, I believe it was computer game. Apparently, there was a board game too. Uh oh. Uh oh. Really? Yeah. And it looks like it's expensive now. Uh, Commodore sixty four long play. Big Trouble Little China from Obscura Prima. A ten minute long play, and it looks like the three characters are. 
You walk across. It looks like Jack, Wang, and I can't tell, tell who the third person is. They're on a cloud. And you walk around, around here. What, what, what do you do? Ninjas come out. You kick and you jump kick. Oh, yeah. This looks real bad. They all, they all are bad. Yeah. All those common or whatever, Amstrad games, they, they're bad uh, there. It looks like there's, there's three characters. You swap them in and out. I'm guessing the third character is supposed to be Egg Shen. If you see the guy in the cloud. Yeah. yeah. So it's Egg, Egg Shen. I think it's Jack Burton. And I, and I think it's uh, Wang. I think those are the three characters there. And plus, it's, it plus uh, Big Trouble China is very lighthearted. You know, there's violence going on. It's kind of a lighthearted feel. So it would yeah. work. Yeah. Right, what about you, Ian? What, what's a what's a what's a good one? You know, I had a harder time thinking of one than uh, than I expected to, and it, the problem is, is I think, unlike you know, you with the big trouble in Little China one, it's sometimes easy to think of stuff that would fit the theme of a beat 'em up, but then you've got to think of your specific uh, boss encounters, yeah, and that's important. Um, so, setting wise and character wise. People can tell that maybe I've been thinking about something a lot lately, but I don't. I haven't watched it. Uh, a team, an A team beat 'em up should have been um, made in the eighties. I mean, it's. I mean, that's all the fucking show is is cheap, uh, yeah. shitty action. They scenes. had weapons that never hit anyone. They used machine guns. Yeah, it, it could be a pow type beat 'em up. I mean, you know, I, I don't see there yeah, necessarily be, yeah. being a problem with the machine guns. I think it would fit into like the the, the pow four four different characters. You got yeah, your four. You've got your Mad Dog Murdoch, your Face Man, uh, your Hannibal, and your BA Baracus. And they would fight differently, probably. They would all fight differently. Um, the okay. problem is, is I would have to go back to the show. If I really wanted to think about, I don't. Was there any recurring villains on that show? I don't recall there being. Was there any, any even arcs? Was there any two parters that happened? I'm pretty sure there were some arcs. I'm pretty sure, but I, the, I could be wrong. Well, I guess the boss would be the guy who was the military commander tracking him down. Was there a recurring? Yeah, character? yeah, that that was a recurring character. Is there anyone besides that? That I don't know. Uh, let me see if that's if there if there is. Yeah, look that up there. Because you got your four, you have to have four characters to fight with at least. I have at least maybe five. If you include Gracie, Gracie Lawson, right uh, there. Um, you have to have probably four or five boss characters that are that are there. Because because the enemies almost don't count. The random enemies just be whatever. A, a, a gang of uh, car thieves, you know, whatever. Uh, it would be really uh, easy to look at some of the best episodes, episodes in theme levels around a, them. A team villains. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah. I got another one I just thought of as you were saying that that would work. That would be a Golden Axe game I'll get to in a second. I didn't think of it till now. I don't know why I didn't think of it. Um, well, Golden Axe, Hack and Slash, beat him up. It's, you know, similar. Um, Agent Lynch, Vance Burris, was the, the uh, main antagonist in the 2010 film adaptation. He was a CIA agent. Oh, that was not, was that not in the, in the, in the original one? Um, yeah, the additional 18 members. Recurring antagonist, Ian. You didn't see this on the page? William Lucking as the uh, U.S. Army Military Police Colonel Francis Lynch. That was only one year, though. Uh, then you had another captain. That's still boss. Lance Legault as U.S. Military. They're all. Their problem is they're all. They're all MPs. That's not interesting enough. Literally all the vill. Why was there like seven of them? They should have had one or two. Uh, military MP, military captain, MT, MP, Colonel, Captain, General, uh, in eighty-five, eighty-six, and then. There's a sergeant. There was a general. Yeah, that's not enough. Uh, supporting characters. There's a, they, they, there was an A team had a there was a boss of the A team who blackmailed the team into working on them. That would be a boss. Hunt Stockwell. Yeah. Robert Vaughn was on the show. I don't remember that. 
So there you go. That's a villain. Uh, that's really it. Yeah. Another, another colonel. The, yeah, they're mostly MPs. Well, I tried. Oh, that's fine. What's yours? What's the other one? I'm not saying I'm brilliant, but a Thundercats hack and slasher. Oh, cartoons. So that was actually where I was. Th- um, the modern She-Ra bosses, uh, uh, stages, multiple characters. Cartoons make for excellent beat em up ideas because that's literally all it is. So, yeah, like a Thundercat. He-Man would have been good. He-Man would have been good. Cartoons, uh, I think, are very easy to do because they yes. all would fit into that mold. I mean, fuck, The Simpsons worked. And, I mean, that's not even an action cartoon. <laughs> I want now want to see what Thundercats video games they actually had. They must have had one. Uh, 87. Oh, side-scrolling game. Oh, okay. It was a side-scrolling. What? These all came out in Europe. None of these games are now. Atari ST Europe Amiga. is the fucking Amstrad. king of licensing. Sh- they were the king of licensing ZX games. ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64. That did not come out here. Nope. Um, and they're always going from right to left for some reason, not left to right. I noticed you're walking to the left. So that one is Lino uh, just slashing people. I don't count that. That's, that's no. I'm talking like a full-fledged yes. Ninja Turtle-style beat-em-up. And Thundercats would work because you have all different characters. Now I'm going to bring up all the characters. Uh, TV series. Lino has his sword. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chitara has her has her bow and she's quick. Yep. Um, uh, what are the characters on here? Uh, Panthro has uh, nunchucks. Right? It's nunchucks. Uh-huh. Um, one of them had nunchucks. Tigra, Tigra has the whip. You can work that in. Uh, the, uh, I, I don't know what the hell Wiley Kit and, and Wiley Cat. They, they, what did they have? They had their little surfboard. Whatever. They can be add-on characters like Pop It and clear out the... Snarf is Snarf. Snarf is cute. <laughs> snarf is Snarf. But then you have all the villains on that show. You always have Mumra. You obviously have... Uh, I don't know the names of them. Don't forgive me. You have the lizard guy. You have the monkey-looking guy. You have the guy that's a walrus. That might have been a good guy. You have a lot of like animal-themed characters that would naturally make for good. I think having stock characters beat up might, might be the problem. You need to think about that. But you can probably can think of ca- creatures and animals to beat up. Right. Like I said, um, you go back, you go through episodes and you pick a couple enemy types that stand yes. out and you add them. Then obviously He-Man would be a hell of a lot better because it's almost shocking. There was Again, there was not a He-Man NES game. Like, that's almost shocking. No, I've said that before. Like, it's, it's insane. Shocking. Maybe just because by then it was a little later, but still. But they still had the movie come out in the late 80s. They, 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 did, yeah. they tried to do the space He-Man thing that no one cared about. But He-Man probably be the the easiest one to do just because of the variety of villains and variety of protagonists. It was fifty fifty uh, in terms yeah. of like so like you could you you would have too you many. had you had enemies and bosses for fucking days. Yes, you would run out of. It was almost like you'd almost wouldn't need. You'd have to have stock villains, but you almost would not need them. Like you know that stock villains and, and the new uh, one that came out. They had like all like the all mermans. Mm-hmm. You can do that. And you'd have obviously, like I said, I mean, God, if you only had four He-Man protagonists in the game, you'd have uh, He-Man, Man in Arms, uh, what, what, what's what, God? I, I can't think. Uh, Man in Arms' daughter. Uh, I kind of think of He-Man characters. Tila, Tila, and then a fourth one. I don't know, Fisto. I mean, there's so many. It's hard to get only four. You may have to have six uh, to do that. Yeah. Or- Orko could be one. Sure. Using magic. Absolutely. Um, so there's a lot going on there. Um, I almost feel like, do you think maybe with, with Shredder's Revenge probably doing Gangbusters and probably, who knows, maybe being nominated for Game of the Year potentially if people, you don't know, like it that much, um, maybe, maybe patch it a little bit. Will this be like, 
license IP beat em up sort of renaissance. I'd, I'd, I'd kill for it. I mean, that's I mean, that's fucking great. I'd, I'd love it. Because in terms of, like, obviously dev time, it's not like doing an open world game like Sonic. Obviously, you have to animate it. But in terms of... I was like, going to say dev time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, shortchange the dev time. TMNT was... That was a well, pretty long process. But at least, like... On mechan- and, and Streets of Rage 4 was in development for, like, two years. But at least in terms of, like, the structure and the engine, you're not going off the rails. It's a beat-em-up. Obviously, animation... About- animation, systems, movesets. I think animation's going to be your, your big issue. Yeah. Sure, level design is maybe not as strenuous, but everything yeah. else is pretty in-depth. Uh, I have, I, by the way, I'm, I'm, I, I, I remember watching Thundercats a lot. I couldn't tell any plot points. There was 130 episodes of Thundercats. Wow. G.I. Joe only got to uh, 95. So that's kind of shocking. G.I. Joe was a hell of a lot more popular than Thundercats. There's 98 A-Team episodes. I don't know. You're getting, you're getting an A-Team shirt, just the logo. Yeah. I'll buy you a vintage shirt. Yeah, I think those three, uh, yeah, if you want to say He-Man and Thundercats, since you have weapons, hack and slash, it makes sense. You know, He-Man could, they can even just punch and kick it, then use their weapons to get power taken off the, you know, their meter. Remember when special moves took energy off your meter, so you had to use them sparingly? Yes, and people backed me up. The jump attack in Turtles takes life. In the original? Yes. They backed me up in the comment section. It does. I misremember that. The, the, the regular jump and slash. Yeah, the, the one, not the jump kick, but the one where you have to do it two times. You have to put him. Yeah, Ba-dum. that takes life. That's what they, that's what they were I saying. I wonder why, because it didn't hit everything around you. You just hit stuff in front of you. I don't know. But I seem to remember that, at least in the NES game, but people did jump into the comment section and say that they were pretty sure that it did. All right. I could not, I don't I could, I could not verify it, but I, I, I mean, I got I I to download it. I guess main. I'm going to have to. I, I to mean, if, if I need an excuse to play uh, Arcade Ninja Turtles, I guess I do. The reason, the reason I didn't think Always a good time to play the Arcade Ninja Turtles. I was more sure about it on Turtles in Time doing that. Yeah, it uh, definitely does in Turtles in Time. Because that was a more... Because those were and the, it, more it, the, and the special moves in uh, Manhattan Project take your life away, too. Yeah. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I thought it was just more of a standard jumping attack that... Because it didn't... Because it would take out enemies, but I don't remember it like being invulnerable when you did that. That's why. No, it was uh, it was just stronger and definitely useful for some of those other enemies. And like yeah. I said, I, I I could be wrong, but it it definitely doesn't seem like there's a clear answer there. Oh, there We're go. gonna have to check it by playing. Okay, it. I, I, I'm allowed to be wrong on Ninja Turtles. This segment of the CU podcast is brought to you by Blissey. Blissey offers silk pillowcases which give you better hair, better skin, and incredible sleep. This is a completely natural hypoallergenic silk pillowcase designed by a team of experts that does wonders for your overall health while you sleep. These are made of 100% mulberry silk, and they feel great, and they even offer other silk products like a sleep mask. With Blissey, you benefit from silk's hypoallergenic and antibacterial properties that naturally repel allergens. Blissey reduces hair breakage by up to 43% while you sleep due to its smooth surface. Blissey silk fibers are less absorbent than those of cotton, allowing your skin to retain more moisture. And this right here is my favorite because I sleep extra hot. Silk by nature has low conductivity, so it's cooling and acts as a thermal regulator. Additionally, silk's protein-based fiber is moisture-wicking and helps prevent night sweats. It's also non-toxic. There's no toxic chemicals or dyes used in their products. Blissey has earned high praise from Good Housekeeping, Oprah's Omega, Magazine, Allure, Glamour, Pop Sugar, Birdie, She Knows, Prevention, and Pure Wow. 
Blissey makes the perfect gift for any occasion. With the wedding season this summer, birthdays, or any other season, Blissey makes the most memorable gift because your friends and family can use it every night and think of you. Go to blissey.com slash CU podcast or just click the link below and you'll get an additional 30% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Get your energy back, sleep better, and even improve your hair and skin with Blissey Silk Pillowcases. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash CU podcast, or just click the link below. The code automatically is applied at checkout for an additional 30% off. Uh, we got voice messages, Ian, don't we? We do. Voicemail. Uh, this is you, dude. You almost said voicemails.com voicemails.com slash CU podcast. Uh, I could probably, I could probably, I could probably, if I really wanted to, I could probably like get a domain and point it to that. Yeah. Make it easier. <laughs> um, I did that. Anchor.fm slash see a podcast. You go, you leave a voice message. You don't have to, you don't have to go uh, too hard in the paint on the, on the, on the, uh, uh, bloviation of how much you like us. Just get a question, get in and out, get on with your day, grab a, grab a pork roll, egg and cheese. Mm. There you go. I did not get the pork roll and cheese. I did get the pork roll. And here we go with the first one. Let's go down on its own. Hey guys, this is Jamie from Toledo once again. I was watching your early Amico coverage and it made me wonder, when did the gloves come off? Thank you very much. Love the podcast. I wouldn't say the gloves came off necessarily at like one point in time. but It was a gradual removing of the gloves. I, I think when Tommy did his 55 zero minute video about us, in the fall of uh, 2019, that was definitely a point in time where, like, okay, he's he's making this personal. And I said at the time, you're making this personal. When he went on Atari Age forums about that fall as well and made fun of us, our, our appearances, uh, and made fun of uh, issues that Ian uh, may have had or still has, that was a bad point in time. Yeah. Pretending not to know us. Uh, and 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 basically, literally making it per- like literally making it personal. personal. Yeah, I mean that, that's uh, that's exactly. It's it. You know, if you go, if you look, read on the Intellivision Amico message board, you go through comment sections. Everyone points out that our first video, certainly first and our few. first couple of videos, uh, were while we never thought it was a good idea, we were trying to be generous and a bit supportive we're being of it, more gentle than we probably should have been. Right. And the initial idea, which we all knew was bullshit even then, that Tommy had, was something that could have been, in a weird way, appealing to me. I like pick up and play games. You said it was. You said this. You always said. You always said this should appeal to me. This, yeah, it should. It and should. the fact that it wasn't ever appealing to me was, I think, the first sign that there was something wrong there. That should have been the stupid project that I would have loved to have supported. I think I even saw something like Frank Cipolla post something like this. Some this say that this is so weird that I should want to be in on this right but none of, yeah. but eventually it was very easy for us to look at what was coming out and go this is bullshit and also um uh none of the games looked good and then the other thing that happened then was in uh, in 2020 we even said when you take pre-order money because originally it was not going to be that it was just going to be we're going to get investors and put it out okay i i can be less critical because no one's money's on the line except your ass is on the line. That's it. So I, I, but when you take people's money and then lie about it coming out later that year, and then it really turned. They really got the like shirtless shill after us and everyone else. Uh, and the, it was really about June that summer of 2020. And if you remember, we reported about those nice job listings: uh, firmware engineer, software dev, software engineer jobs. That one of them literally said, "We need this. We need you to help make the system run." And this was. Months before this was supposed to come out, this console. Yeah, when he when he then gathered up 
uh, his his cronies, when he started making fun of us in interviews with that fucking slug as well a couple times, and and then really came after us harder. They when they try to galvanize their own force against us that summer two years ago. That's when it became super toxic. Yep. And that's when it was like, okay, you want to play this game? Okay. You want to do this? All right. I don't think you I don't think you got the fucking uh I don't think you got the what is it? You don't have the what what's that what's that mean? The facilities. I don't think you had the facilities. And that goes for all the fucking uh, zero level YouTubers as well to hang. But at the time that's, I think, when it turned for real. Sure. Two years no, ago. No, I'd agree. How long is this fucking shit going on? Four years almost. It's ridiculous. Fucking right. tired. Next one. Tired of it. Hey, guys. Jackson from Baltimore here. With too many games coming on the East Coast, I have to ask, what is your favorite airport and or airline of the show? I always I always favored Continental, then it became United, as having a pretty quality. Some people hate specific ones. I always had good luck and good customer service with United. Um, some people love Southwest. I think it's okay. Some people hate Southwest. I, I'm kind of one of those people who like flipped on it. I used to love Southwest and now I don't like Southwest anymore. Southwest has always been good for cheap tickets, but if you can't get a cheap ticket on Southwest, it's not worth dealing with the fucking boarding, the free for all boarding process. Two free bags though. Cause they don't want people just to put their bag. Everyone puts their bags up. Uh, cause they don't want, they want to save 10 minutes getting off the plane. I get it. Um, what what's the one I don't like the most? I I didn't like American for a long time. Now I'm more forced to fly. I, mean, I think America's American's okay. I had a couple of bad experiences, but I think they're okay. Delta's one is always weird to me, but I don't fly Delta a lot. We don't have like hubs around here for Delta. And then I've I've only flown Alaska. We we only fly Alaska last when we go to PRGE. I never had a problem with Alaskan. I think it used to be Northwest. I used to like Northwest. Yeah. Um, and then I, 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 right. I have no comment on JetBlue at all. I think I've flown JetBlue once. I will never fly Frontier Spirit because I'm not flying on a bus, basically. Um, as far as airports that I like, I like the Detroit airport quite a lot. Actually, easy to get through. Has a nice train that'll zoom you up and down the uh, up and down the concourse. Oh, are you really in, bet- in between? You mean like on the side? Or like on the side, and it's like oh, a, I do that. Dallas does that. No, like this is like built. It's oh, interesting. Built right it's like it. built into oh, okay. the airport. And then, um, if I recall correctly, and then I've always liked Chicago um, O'Hare. I always get the two confused. One one is just basically United. Is that Midway? One is just literally just can't remember. United. Uh, all right, next. Hey guys, this is Mike from New Hampshire. Mike, I just wanted to know what the history of selling the RBI baseball stickers on UltimateNintendo.com was. Thanks. Well, uh, as I said before, it was given to me. A role was given to me. Someone I think found out to swap me. They gave it to me at, at, a, at a SoCal Retro Gaming Expo several years back. I forgot I had it. I moved in the garage and I said to myself, "Well, what am I doing with these? Uh, I can hoard them or sell them." And they're they're are popular at conventions. I sell them. I usually bring like fifteen or twenty. I sell them out. People like them. People like stickers. We're looking at a sticker. Uh, you know, Renaissance right now. Stickers are good. Yeah, it's and it's thick. It's sturdy. It doesn't scratch it. And I've actually seen uh, someone did a tutorial. Actually, I, I, I guess a, a YouTuber did a tutorial. How do you change out a label? And actually bought one of mine to change out their RBI baseball, which was beat up. Yeah. So neat. you can actually use it for that. New old stock. There you go. Pat Nean, Mike from Chicago Land here. Now, in addition to my certain NES and Super NES guidebooks, I recently ordered the Yokoi Kids Volume One Zine. I've really enjoyed it, and I became an instant Rick V fan thanks to a cool add-in he sent me. So my question for this week is, do you guys have any favorite video game-related books, whether Mm. they're fiction or nonfiction? 
During the pandemic, I ordered a few of the Worlds of Power books on eBay, satisfying a long-held childhood curiosity. Those are curious books. I have all but uh, one of them. Um, they, they did like 18, 19 of those, Ian, back then. Blaster mm, really? That many? Yeah. I thought it was like 8 to 10. They Jesus. Did a, they did a bunch of those. Yeah. Wow. They did more than you think. They did Castlevania, they did Metal Gear, they did uh, Bases Loaded, they did a bit Bases Loaded too. They got a bunch of those. And more do you think? Ninja Gaiden, Blaster Master, they did a ton. I, uh, I mean, in terms of books like the ones you did, like the NES book and the Super Nintendo book, um, I, I have no problem pumping in. Audie's fucking uh, wrestling book is so good. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, the wrestling well, game book I'll is really good. This right now. And I still need to read through that, but that looks like this it's was sent done to us very, from, very well. From Bitmap Books, it's the Go Straight Ultimate Guide to Side Scrolling Beat Em Ups. And it's, oh. uh, it's beefy. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's gorgeous. Hey, Skull and Crossbones. That's a hack and slasher, but I guess it counts. Put a hack and slasher. It there. counts. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, look at fold out pages. Look at that. So yeah, I, that one I got to go through, but I can definitely say that Audie's um, wrestling book is a, a joy to read. And there, there was a uh, there was a vendor selling. Actually, I think this might be still getting out to wider release because I didn't see it for sale. There was a, a booth that was selling some of the bitmap books and mm. other stuff. And I like the fact that we are now getting these books. These books did not exist 10 years ago. No, not at Even all. Even five years ago, a lot of these didn't exist. And now we're getting to the point where um, if I had a small part in it, I'm, I'll take the credit that we, these books are now viable. Like there's, there's a market for colorful and well-written uh, historic books now spanning different genres of games. Like we're at that point where we're mature enough that, Wow, look at this. Because that was a, one of the things people said. This is, what is this, 450 pages? Yeah, like, like my, my, my books. Um, people would say, well, why do you want all this stuff? Uh, all this information is free online. Because what? it's nice to fucking sit down on a couch with a I, book and a smoke and fucking read but something. But it's not all online. Cause these it's are, not. These are, more, these are like good writers researching these games, playing these games, and explaining things to you in a concise, curated fashion. It's not the same as like uh, well, searching for a YouTube uh, video or or going on Wikipedia. That's what people you say, oh, Pat. You're never going to sell your books because it's all free information. It's like you can what? flip through a book. You can. Oh, books are so good. I don't. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can go on Wikipedia and, and, and learn about the Civil War, or you can read the books. Like, what do you think is a better experience? Reference books are just a, you know a, a fucking. I love. That. I love reference keep, books. Keep telling me books don't sell. Morons. Sorry. What's the next one here? That was actually what people said to me. Not less and less, obviously. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Will out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So Apple recently announced that they are getting into VR. And with Sony, Facebook, and other tech companies already having established VR capabilities, do you see Nintendo investing more heavily into VR in the future? I know we had the Labo series of VR games and whatnot, but do you yeah. see, like them leaning into vr mario vr zelda i think even a vr uh star fox would be really cool i i, I think a vr star fox would be awesome but i just i don't you found think, the one example you i just what? don't think i don't think nintendo's ever going to commit whole, that's not that doesn't feel very nintendo vr to me. is first person obviously for the most part so you have to have a first person game that translates star fox would like like the same way star wars uh, squadrons had a vr version because you're in a cockpit that makes sense. The reason it's so weird to see even I didn't know Apple was doing this because when you say Apple is getting into it, all of a sudden I'm like, that's not what they do. Apple is about their phone ecosystem. It's about apps. It's about when you think about like on your phone, the reason you like it because you're walking around with it randomly. I can play a game uh, in an airport. 
walking around while I'm watching TV or do it. VR takes you out of everything else. You are just doing that, and it's not like you can easily switch back and forth. People go, oh, yeah, Pat, you can hit a button. Some people take minutes to reorient themselves after playing a VR game. It, it can fuck you up yeah. um, going back and forth. That's why VR will never be super widely accepted. I think the one that we're talking about, I think it's like 7% of people that are, that are gamers have a VR device, something like that. It's like 7%. Um, that might be even high, depending upon what part area of the world you're in. Right. Um, VR, you cannot share the gaming experience I had a conversation with my, my, my uncle actually asked him about this. He's a businessman. He said, You can't share the game. It's tough. Um, I, I was trying to explain to him that if I'm playing a VR game, like maybe you can see it on the TV screen. That's not the same experience of me wearing the headset. Sure. You're seeing a, like a first person view of it. That's totally different than having it on the, on the headset. And I was trying to explain to him that it's not a shareable experience because of that. You can't be sitting down on the couch with someone unless they also are playing the same VR game next to you. But I mean, we're going to have VR VR parties with people, eight people. It's not the same. And then I really was trying to explain to him that how Twitch is blown up. Twitch, you're experiencing basically what the person streaming is experiencing. You're watching them play. Yeah. VR, you're not. And I think that's what VR didn't see. VR didn't see that we have a big loss of a transferable experience with the person next to me or other people. And and for that reason, it's never going to be. It's never going to take over. And it hasn't taken over. It won't. I'm not even talking about the cost of getting into it either. Uh, as well. Well, that's so, coming down. Sure. That's coming down significantly. I mean, 300 bucks for an Oculus is not Sure, okay. not beyond the pale, but it is a whole new platform. Yes. You yes. Know. Uh next one here. Hey, Pat Nian. This is Pat from Albany, New York. Pat, we have a pet. Oh. That's not too often. My question for the both of you is of all of the weapons you've used in video games, which one had the most memorable sound? Mm. In other words, if you heard the noise that it made without playing the game, you instantly recognize what weapon it is from what game. I got him. I got it. I thought about this, and my answer would be the rocket launcher from GoldenEye 007. It's similar, Thanks, guys. similar, similar to mine, but uh, different. Uh, the double barrel shotgun from Doom. Boom. Yeah, that's a big boom. Like, that boom is like... I would never, ever mistake that. Yeah. It's like very heavy, the yep. sound. Um, I mean, God, the eight ball rocket launcher in uh, in Unreal. That cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Shroom. Uh, the, the flat can I talked about, that, that sounds very specific with the glass shards. Yes. And then if you want to go eight bit, uh, every single weapon in, in Contra, the pea shooter, the fireball gun, the laser, the spread gun, they all sound so distinct. Uh, Konami did a great job on their sound effects. Obviously, like they're they're very distinct. They must have had their own proprietary, you know, engine for those sounds. Those sounds, the laser sound, like that will be in my head forever. I can like load it up, use it as a use it as a lightsaber, you know. Yeah, the spread the spread gun that sound. What you know the spread the spread gun? It's like a. Well, you know what else would work? I just I don't know that uh, the plasma the plasma gun in in Doom would also be. It's like, when you stop yeah. firing it, yeah, that would be. That's what it sounds like. I don't know about that, but like, what, what? it's a very high pitch. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll do a few more here. Hey, Pat Nian, this is Chris Santiago here, your upstate friend here in uh, 
Prunedale, California. I uh, got a weird question about game preservation. I should say the opposite of game preservation. And that is, have you guys ever come across a game that you thought was so terrible that you didn't care if it was preserved at all? <laughs> okay, thanks. Take these guys. Um, no, 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 I wouldn't say that. But like, because it's all I, interesting. I, it's all it's all game history. I mean, there are lots of games that I feel like should be preserved that I'm, I'll probably never ever play again. But I, I'll just say this, and this isn't a, a you want this, it there. This isn't a slam against uh, Video Game History Foundation or Gaming Alexandria or Forest of Illusion. This isn't a slam, but there's there's I think they they, they do a lot of deep dives on, on these stories of some of these games, and there's a, a lot that I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but they're not historically significant that. I'd ever care about it unless it was written, if that makes sense. But they're interesting, like one-off things. Sure. That, that's the only thing I would say is that that's not really preservation in that sense. It's like telling the history of a particular game. There's too many games to deep dive in, obviously. And I think for those, I think I'd be more, uh, I'd be more interested in like certain ones. Like if, like if you told me, give me, give me the deep dive on Wally Bear. I would love to hear that. The concept they came up with. With the just say no, they went to uh, what was it? Not, not just say no. It was just uh, just no or whatever, and them trying to like dovetail off of the anti drug thing. That would be an interesting story. I would love to sit down with the developers, sure, and do that. But some of these other games, I see, I'm like, ah, it, it's interesting that they got the history, but it's not really for me. You know, that's all. Hi, Pat and Ian. My name is Johnny. Uh, my question is: uh, Has a game's infamy, like how expensive or rare it is? ever made you want to delve into it as a property just even without like buying the game or knowing anything about it uh, i recently uh, watched the magic night ray earth anime just because i know the sega saturn game is uh, really expensive uh thank you both bye uh Golo 13 that's like i did not know it was a famous the most famous anime character ever like i had no idea it was this long-running thing i thought it was just a weird like sp they 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 they, they marketed as a spy game and then once I found out, when did I find that out? Sometime in the nineties, I was like, "Oh, they have the oh, okay." I was like, "Oh, they have the the comic book." So it was a comic book thing. Then I was like, "Once you got to the nineties, and I found out they had uh, the anime movie in eighty three, I was like, okay." Then it sort of opened that up for me because that's mine. Um, I think you said specifically expensive games, but oh, I, I, but okay. that's okay. I don't have an expensive game. No, example. I don't have an expensive game. Uh, but uh, one that I can think of is uh, Saint Seiya. It's a uh, it's a you know, 80s. Well, they 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 they've done it a bunch of times. It's an anime license that's popular in Japan. They've done various you know uh, versions of it, and you know, rem- uh, you know, new series of it. It's about you know these zodiac knights with armor and space. Anyways, oh. it was hugely popular in um, it was hugely popular in uh, Mexico when Vani was growing up. Okay, a lot of anime was. And uh, there was like a, a Saint Seiya game that was on uh, PS3 or PS4. So I downloaded it because it was on sale for cheap. And like we played a little bit of it. And that actually got me into watching some of the, the cartoon, too. So I, I bet you if I were to really look at it, yeah, there's probably a good number of video games that got me into whatever the source material was. But uh, I'm probably even expensive. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I, I can't think of an an expensive, expensive one. one. specifically like, oh, that's like little. Because it would, have, it would have to be expensive and have a license that you could look at and I, I magic night ray earth is a great example but i can't think of a whole lot of examples like that so is there, is there a backstory was there ever an anime for little samson no little samson's just it's just a game thing. just a okay. title game all right do a couple more here. i got really into the flintstones after getting dinosaur peak <laughs> the, the flintstones lore i fucking hate flintstones so much the game or the the, the cartoon 
I never watched. I never liked it as a kid. I don't know it what it was. Sucked. I, just, I ne- just hated it. Because oh. Fred's a hey fucking guys. doof. Hi, this is Jamie from Toledo here once again. And I have a simple question for you. Sure. What is the worst crime against food you guys have ever seen someone commit? Pineapple on pizza? No, Ketchup that's... on mac and cheese? Thanks, guys. A lot of these, a lot of these fucking, what, what's, what's the thing now with these trendy, oh, I'll show you like a, a putting together a food thing and it's an awful pizza thing that I see that are coming up. Yeah, it's literally it's, just to generate rage clicks. I mean, it's been said that literally people, yeah. there's just people who f- make these videos uh, en masse to piss people off and get uh, engagement. We'll just we'll just throw the, the worst shit together. Hey, I'll do a, a pound of cheese whiz in, in this and roll it into a ball and, and put a hamburger on top and put it in the oven. And I'm, it's like you're going to die if you eat that. You will die. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't talk about uh, crime, crimes. Food crimes are weird to me because I love food. I love messing with flavor combinations. I don't I'm not like a huge fan of ketchup. But if you like ketchup on your mac and cheese, I've done it before. Canadian way. It's it's tasty. Is it called the Canadian way. I mean, that, that, that's how I've always known about it. Um, and, and I got that from fucking uh, starving. I got that from uh, kids in the hall. Um, because they make craft dinner and they start. The, the, the one guy's like, "Time for the second course," and the other guy's like, "Ketchup." And they put oh, yes, right. On it. I yeah. remember that. Like, the, uh, like the poor family sitting on the table. And it's good. And it's good. And uh, I fucking love pineapple on pizza. So I don't have any I, like specific crimes, but it, just to answer the question it, in some way, um, I'm really, really over uh tall, sloppy burgers. I'm fucking sick of it. Is that, I, I I haven't even that was that, that was a huge fucking trend for a while. I don't care I, how tall the fucking burger is. It has to fit in your mouth. I'm yeah. not interested. Yeah, make the burger wider if you have I, to, not taller. Chicago deep dish pizza. I don't want to call it a crime. I like it. I'm from the tri-state area. It's not pizza. We can establish that. I. It's more or less the fact that it's so bready you can't really enjoy it. To me, like you have like one slice and you're fucking done. Because it's a quiche. I, I can't do it. Uh, but I don't think it's a crime, though. It's just not for me. I'm going through these different styles of, of pizza. Uh, Detroit doesn't. Sicilian. Obviously, Sicilian is El Tuna style pizza is a little. Is great. You, can get, you can get that here. There's a Neapolitan place over here. Obviously, well, New York pizza is pizza to me. Uh, there's New Haven here. Which is the weird one? There's the, where was the one that put, like, fucking slices of American cheese? El Tuna style pizza. I get just fucked. mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'll say, I don't care what your region is or culture. Get the hell out. Like that's that's a crime. The fact that you knew what it was is that even I, I do a fucking food podcast, Pat. Of uh, course, I know about it. Uh, this Rhode Island one looks terrible too. Uh, I uh, think Rhode Island pizza is actually pretty great. It's just what? It's, it's bread and sauce, and it's usually no served cheese? cold. Yeah, it's good. Get the fuck out. Click your cold pizza. Uh, I like a red. Some pie. of these don't qualify. Colorado pizza. It looks like California pizza. To California me. pizza fucking blows. But it's the same thing. Oh, we put on barbecue sauce and chicken. Fucking it's like fucking blows. You, you the, barbecue well, chicken pizza is so overrated. But that's what I mean. I'm looking at some of these. Oh, Ohio Valley. It's a, it's just a pan squared pizza. Oh, I don't know what Roman pizza is. Do the Romans actually do that? I don't know. Uh, New New England pizza. That's just a variant of like New York pizza. Like some of these look very like Washington D.C. Looks the same as New York to me. So anyway, so I'll tune. I can get fucked. You do not put slices of American cheese uh, on pizza. That's ridiculous. You put mozzarella on, on a pizza. I'll even give you a white cheese without that. That's, you know, white. Everyone likes a white cheese pizza. I think it has to be to me, you have to have Italian cheese on your pizza. Sure. Some Italian cheese. That's my rule. Uh, next one here. <sighs> okay. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> Just 
the fans on. I, hey, Pat, Pat and Ian, this is Andrew from Buffalo. Got a quick question for both of you. Um, obviously, both of you have very extensive collections with video games and records, respectfully. Um, my question is, since it's taken you years to build this up, if there was like a fire or something and you lost everything, how much of the collection do you think you would try and get back again? Or like what uh, percentage of it? Um, yeah, thanks for answering. I've thought uh, about this. If I lost my records in a fire, I would not... I would. That, that's it. Well, probably because because now, it. like with the games, like the records probably are worth a lot more now than they used to be. Too. I, 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 uh, I, I, all the time, I flip through and I find uh, records that I bought for twenty bucks that are now worth a hundred and fifty. Like I just, yeah. I would not rebuy. Plus the amount. I, I no way. I, I get. Oh well, yeah, the amounts. I, I couldn't do it. It would, be, it would probably be physically impossible. This would be twenty five years. Yeah. I, we'll say even twenty years. I haven't bought a lot the past couple of years. We'll just put. We would take the money out of it if you got the the, the fair market value for it, say they say you had ten thousand worth of records and they gave you a ten thousand dollar check, would you still not do it? Just be like, I'm just out. I I and, guess and you had a list of everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm working it's, on that through through Discogs, like in Discogs links to its marketplace, which is generally okay. I mean, if someone gave me a ten, th- oh, am I, am it really, sounds so. Am I really going to get a Bally Professional Arcade uh, controller in the box again? No. I didn't know that you can buy a, a separate. Look at it, it's right down there. You, I, I, am I really gonna get this shit again? Like this is stuff I, I found by chance. A lot of this stuff I bought, I found by chance. Oh, it's cool. You know, am I, am I, am I really gonna get the, the the NES controllers, the two of them in the box again? No, that they released in like '93. <clears throat> like, no, you are not. That's that's what it comes down to. Again, this is stuff that you found over time. Am I really gonna get the super batter up? That I found at the first PRG I went to because it was like five dollars, and they're basically giving away shit twelve years ago because it wasn't worth anything. I mean, that's what I mean. The stuff I can barely fit in my luggage. I, am I really going to do that? Probably not, except for the M eighty two demo unit. <laughs> like, sure. it, it'd be like five or ten things I must get. I can probably not get an NES collection ever again. Yeah, so it would. It would be too inc- excruciating. Yes, to even find this stuff. And I'm, I'm saying money. Say money's not even an issue. Getting a thousand of uh, eight hundred or a thousand unique things on one console again, and trying to do that, even do a bulk purchase. There was stuff. There was stuff. Like there was individual games I couldn't even find that were even worth that much. The last event, I had too many games. Like there's a lot of stuff that's even worth a ton that you just will have problems getting. Yeah. Without searching on eBay, you know, no one. I've not wanted to see people that put together a collection in two years or a year. You know, where it's like, oh, I have, a, I have a, guess what, Pat? I have, I have a complete uh, Genesis collection now. It's like, okay, great. How, how much time did you get dedicated to do that? Was it 10 hours a week? Was it 12 hours of searching on eBay? Ian? Was it like, what are the hours you're putting into this to do this? Yeah. Without exploding your budget on top of it, you know. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I would get some stuff uh, back. I would get probably all the original games I owned as a kid. You know, I would get the original console, the, that control deck set with Super Mario Brothers. I'd probably get that to remember. But no, I would not try to, to do it, uh, rebuild it back up. Probably would not no, do that, no. It seems like a nightmare. You want to check in? Yeah, let's check in. I'm starving. I don't know why. Because, you know, we talked a little my bit body rejected all that food last week. And I, <laughs> I <gotta laughs> catch up. Oh, hey, Federer, it's your buddy Tommy. Just over here having a few drinks with my cousin Tony. Oh. Fucking me into this time. Yeah, I was thinking about taking a vacation and I just wanted to make sure that it was okay because you always tell me when I shouldn't be going on vacation. So just wanted to check in with you. Tommy, you're gonna get us kicked out of this fucking place. Shut up! Yeah, mind your man. Speak English! 
Who's ridiculous? Why don't you tell everybody what happened to the fucking money? Huh? What? Tell everybody right now. In English. I can't talk about that right now. Just they admitted those are two guys who will write about you. That you should keep in your big mouth shut. Oh yeah. Write about that, you gotta admit. Yeah, well even a broken squirrel finds a nut twice a day. <laughs> Oh, drunk Tommy's drunk, drunk Tommy might be best best Tommy hanging out with Miyamoto. So yeah, now with drunk good. Tony. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what about bar they were at? It sounded nice, nice uh, lounge music going on there. <laughs> Tommy, you can go on as many vacations as you as you want. Feel feel free to indulge. You can you can do what you want. I, I think at, at this point it's too late. You can feel free to travel around. You can go, you can visit the native it, uh, Italy if you want. You can do all that. This was funny, wasn't it? It was a good time. Good times? Yeah. Keep on trucking? Keep on trucking. That was about an hour, 40 minutes. Seemed like it was shorter. Yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty we did good. a lot of questions. Oh, I usually do. I usually keep around 10. Uh, Five, okay. Six, seven, nine, 10, 11. Oh, like 11. I think the beat-em-ups went longer than I thought. We did double back on the beat-em-ups, and then we talked a little bit longer about Atari. Well, Atari deserves our respect. But No. No, they don't. Not anymore. Well, I, I love it. I think was that, I don't think I ever met Nolan Bush. I was at a couple of conventions he was at. Um, it's a shame we never got him for uh, video game years. Yeah, that would have been cool. But I don't think he ever came to like that classic game fest stuff we were at. But he does interviews with everyone. Like, he's, you know, I think he, he used to. I think Daniel told me he used to uh, teach at the college he taught at. He used to be a professor. Oh, that's cool. For a few years. So. All I guess, right. I guess for like marketing, and, like business stuff. I guess mm-hmm. he's not teaching about video game stuff. I would ask Noah, what's the last video game he played? I'm just actually curious. That is curious. When, when, he, when he got out, did he get out in the 80s, 70s? Like, when was he done with it? Or did he play up until the end? Is he, is, he, is he playing Atari uh, Recharge games? Right. Does he care? Oh, this is fun. Yeah. We'll All see, right. I'll see you on Twitch uh, on Wednesday again. Ian will not be there. I will not. See you later.